Oh, Nate, welcome back, brother. What's going on? Hey, um, I'm back, you know, you know, baby's doing well, finally out of the house, at least for a little bit, but where, where is everybody? Oh, yeah, I guess you've kind of been out of, you didn't know. They did that whole, like, shutdown thing, and so there's a lot of people that have not, um, you know, not, not working anymore or whatever, something. I don't know, you know, I don't pay attention to current events or old events or anything that's not video games. So basically we got some people who aren't working and then the people who aren't working who work for the government down Coruscant, they're not coming in because they don't have any money. Yes, that's 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 about right. Wow. That must suck. Yeah. I could not imagine if I had to actually work and then just not get paid for it. I know. I mean wait. I'm sorry. If you work, like say you had a job here Mm -hmm. um we should expect to get paid for it hey i'm gonna go um in this conversation bye is that why you just keep giving me extra food okay enjoy your stay i suggest a new strategy you just really belong here with us, fun club. Don't get excited. Welcome, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming. I'd like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast here among the clouds, and I am your administrator and host, uh, Michael Morris, and uh, also Nathan B. Butler. I kind of ruined it there on the end. No, I mean, I mean, t- to be fair, you ruined it much, much earlier when you almost forgot your own name. Yeah, that's when I was thinking about how I ruined other things. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Yeah. I was like, like, wait, and I'm, uh, I'm like, is is he okay? Is he fine now? That's yeah, okay. Um, yes, that's not, yes. That's okay. I, thought I was the one. I thought I was the one who was supposed to be addle-minded after all this time away from the show in uh, uh, what amounts to sort of baby land at this point. Um, but no, apparently you need me at your side uh, in order to remember your own name. I, I think probably you should get that check. Uh, I thought it was like, I thought that was just being the boss. Is that not how that works? No, I'm pretty sure Tony Danza never felt like that. I, I didn't think he was actually the boss. Who's the boss? I know that was the whole question. You, oh I, God! Okay, anyway. I watched I watched that entire run, and I don't think I ever figured out who the boss was by the end of it. They never even answered. I mean, like, come on, I might as well watch Lost. Hey, Lost! Lost was awesome. And speaking of Lost, <laughs> you're lost, and I'm pretty sure that we just lost the episode there. So uh, you think maybe some Star Wars, maybe some game you know stuff in our future i mean we'll get there i figure you know we'll take our time let's let's first i tell you what though let's first take a second because um it's been a while since we've recorded together and uh i mean even even for myself it's it's been a bit so so we've been gone for a bit so you want to like i don't know maybe talk about some of the stuff i mean i know i know it's mostly just been all baby related but anything else anything special well i mean just uh you know the school year rolling along and everything and uh yeah back on september 7th Cade was born uh so we have our first child uh he just passed the four month old mark uh so you know maybe five months by the time michael gets this edited and released and everything hey now hey now um, but uh yeah i mean it's just been um, it's been an interesting juggling act because we have the the interesting benefit that with me teaching online, I mostly can teach from home, except when I have meetings. So I get to be sort of this weird blend of a working dad and a stay-at-home dad, which is sort of like Mr. Mom with more work. So it's been an interesting thing with me sort of being um, uh, taking on a lot of the role of who's here around him most of the time while she's now back at work. Uh, and is working, you know, into the evening most nights. So it's made for a a very different dynamic, um, a great dynamic, a fun dynamic. But at the same time, 
Uh, it's interesting trying to juggle trying to call, you know, 150 or whatever students to have their initial phone calls for their online classes when you have to worry about the kid over on the side either crying, screaming, uh, belching into the phone as he did today and that sort of thing. So I told you I was sorry. It's interesting. But uh, but no, it's been it's been great. I would not trade it. And, you know, um, project wise, I've slowly been getting back into more of the YouTube content again, um, finally getting more from the Star Wars Home Video Library stuff. Uh, was able to put out stuff with the new releases for Legion and uh, the new stuff coming out for X-Wing 2.0 or X-Wing 2nd Edition since it came out. It's just a matter now of just sort of strategically finding recording times. Like, when would we ever have recorded at 10 o'clock at night in the past? Pretty much never. But now it's pretty much that or never. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting restructuring of priorities and time. But, uh, yeah, it's been good. I'm glad to finally be able to kind of get back in that you didn't just decide to replace me entirely uh, and, and give me give me what I believe uh, they call in the podcasting community uh, uh, giving me a Bruce Gibson. <laughs> wow. That was uh, cold, but uh, well, touche. What? <laughs> what? Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You re- you've replaced a co-host before, or he's replaced himself before. That's so. I just want to make sure that you know that you know I'm I'm still around. You don't mm. need to totally replace me temporarily from time to time, though. Yeah, you're probably going to want to. <laughs> That's cool. since I won't be able to talk as much about Battlefront because my God, I'm done with with optical drives on PS4s. But I'm sure that's something we can briefly touch on when we uh, get into Battlefront 2's uh, new stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have plenty to talk about with the just the whole gaming, uh, you know, video game aspect. Uh, you mean the whole half half of what our shows are about? Yeah. I'd be hoping that we'd be able to get into some stuff about that. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I hope so too, but it's very hit or miss. Um, but we'll talk about that. So my thing is that um, not uh, not Star Wars, but game-related, I've actually gotten back into playing D&D lately, uh, which has been a lot of fun because, I mean... I. I love being able to just jump in and pick, like, make up a person that, uh, you know, be someone other than myself and uh, be kind of ridiculous and and have fun that way uh, and hopefully not completely piss off my my group. Uh, So that's that's been fun. I I picked my my character as a bard, which uh, I'm sure you know, at least from uh, historically... But they basically in D and D they don't just play music like they play music to cast their spells. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So huh. it's a lot of fun. Uh, basically, coming up with songs that uh, sort of relate to the situation and and breaking into those and stuff and telling jokes and everything that are mostly dad jokes but still kind of funny. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. I guess I should say, um, talk about games. I, you, were, you were asking about what's going on. I didn't, you know, think to actually talk about, you know, the game side of things as I was ribbing you on us not talking about games. Um, <laughs> no, I've actually, I found myself in the last few months really delving more heavily into Kickstarter, of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've backed some projects before. I've backed a total of eight, plus doing late pledges on one coming up and then one that I just did. Um, which is basically where uh, the Kickstarter campaign is over, but then when they open up the pledge manager to actually pick your items and whatnot out of what you pledged, they typically, a lot of campaigns will allow new people to come in and get in on it. It's just that if you get in on it late, then your contributions didn't help towards any stretch goals if there were any that weren't unlocked, which are those tiers based on the money that comes in or the money that's pledged that unlocks extra stuff for Kickstarter. Um, In any event, I basically I had started out with just you know, I pledged for this this musician that I really like for a new album. We got that. I pledged for John and uh, John Ostrander and Jan Dursima's uh, Hex or Dusk comic graphic novel that is still coming about two years in, um, which is sort of a danger of 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 Kickstarter. But they they actually I have faith in. Um, but I actually started to get into the game side of things with it and. 
just recently wound up, thanks to a Kickstarter that I, I backed, getting what I think is probably my favorite board-slash-tabletop game of any kind ever. Um, puts the vast majority of things I played to shame. Uh, it's, it's a game called Nemesis by a group called Awaken Realms. It's basically like, take a lot of aspects of all the different alien films, cram them together, and you've got sort of this game... And there's still quite a bit of new content coming in a second wave uh, a few months from now that's in production at the moment. But it's basically you're on a ship and there's alien type creatures and there's all kinds of stuff you need to do with all these secret objectives, um, sort of screwing other people over or you can play co-op, etc. Um, it's just one of these very complex but extremely thematic games that really you come out of the game almost more excited to talk about what happened even if you lost than actually whether you won or lost, because it's all the, the the dramatic moments that you go through. It was it was terrific, enough so that I'm planning on backing uh, Tainted Grail when they open up their late pledge and just back Siege Storm, which is a smaller card game that the same uh, division of the same company has done. And I've got another coming soon, a Call to Adventure, that looks fantastic. So I think I'm starting to get the sense that now we're at a point with Kickstarter where you've got some companies that have really good track records who you can actually trust to produce the games that they put out through Kickstarter, as opposed to all the horror stories you heard for so long about, you know, a lot of the games on Kickstarter, you back it, the money's gone, they never come to pass, or they're garbage or whatever, that it's sort of now more a matter of finding people whose work you believe in and who's who have a track record of actually producing things like Brotherwise Games or Awakened Realms, and... You can get some fantastic stuff with lots of extra goodies, some of which wind up being exclusive. So, uh, I don't know. There was a time when I thought, Kickstarter? Really? Really? But now I'm I'm jumping into it. But I think it's probably just about everything with me. You know, I was like, Apple products? Really? Really? And now I'm basically operating mostly off of Apple products and so on. So... Uh, yeah, that's been that's been great fun. I think that's something that would justify you driving on down from your little corner of the Atlanta metro to mine to try out that uh, Nemesis game. Uh, you'd be blown away, and then you'd want it, and then you'd be told that it's not coming to retail yet, and you would cry. It'd be okay. <laughs> it sounds sounds about right. Now, uh, two things. First, uh, Ostrander. Now he was the one who did the Star Wars Republic comic, correct? Ah, not just Republic, but Dawn of the Jedi and my son's namesake series sort of which is star wars legacy mm -hmm. yeah so he's it's pretty good I, I i liked uh what i read from him on the uh in, in the star wars comics right um, and jan dersima was the one who was paired with him for the art for a lot of republic and dawn of the jedi and legacy so they tend to work as a duo oftentimes okay very cool now uh and the other thing i was gonna say is be honest you're you, you didn't mention it but what got you in was uh your funding uh cyber frog Cyber Frog? I'll explain off air. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm sitting here like, the hell's a Cyber Frog? And then I'm like, you know, could be a cybernetic frog. That's could be yep. a frog that cybers based on the old 1990s internet term. In which case, I really don't want it explained to me. <laughs> it's not that. It's it's just it's uh, with the the Star Wars community and everything. It's just kind of uh, a hot topic. I was just poking fun okay. at you. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll trust you. I'll, I'll explain it later. I, I've been in I've been in like the, the the baby time hole. I don't I don't know what's going on in the community except for apparently we don't understand how copyright works. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what. So let's see. Uh, oh, the other thing, just real quick, uh, for Christmas I got a 3D printer. Really? Yeah. That is awesome. So you could theoretically make miniatures for your own games or or to supplement your own games not just theoretically that's what i've been You've doing done it? <laughs> yeah yeah really what have you been making uh a crap ton of D, &D miniatures nice yeah very cool like a lot um, yeah there's been a lot of talk since i'm since Le uh legion uh since nemesis and tainted grail uh the two big awakened realms projects that i'm uh backing or in one case about to back with the late pledge thing uh, since they are miniature heavy to some degree, uh -huh. and the miniatures are really detailed, I've started to kind of learn a little bit about that. And you go on the Facebook groups, and there's tons of people who not only are into the miniatures, but they're all talking about like, well, okay, well, I'm going to 3D print my own 
a thing to put all these cards in or this or 3D print this thing as a display for the minis. And it's just like the minis drew them into the 3D printing and now they're doing all this other stuff as a supplement to it. Um, I never really thought of free 3D printing as something for that kind of a hobby because of the the I always think of it as outside the affordability range, but I guess it has started to be. Oh, the only yeah, person it's... I could think of <laughs> that I know doing that was a, a gentleman by the name of Robert Redden, who is a cost, he's a, a costumer, 501st guy, mm -hmm. uh, 501st, and uh, or maybe it's Rebel Legion, um, but he's a Star Wars uh, cosplay guy, and he's been showing off uh, on Facebook these 3D printed. Uh, parts and whatnot uh, over time and he talks about the 3d printing stuff and it goes right over my head but it's just it's, it's fascinating are you telling me that they're actually now to the point where they're affordable enough that you could just have one as supporting a hobby and it wouldn't get overly expensive too quickly um i mean it depends on like what what that is for you so i'll tell you that uh, the one i got is it's a little so mine is the um, there's the it's the CR10 series, and mine is actually the not the top top, but it's like one of the higher end versions. So mine's the CR10S, um, and that one goes for five hundred and fifty dollars. But I was able to actually get it for just over four hundred uh, for Black Friday. That's, that's not that bad for a. For a 3D, I would have thought 3D printers quite a bit more. So what about the cost of materials that you would then consume as you're producing things? Is that something that's at a reasonable point price point? Basically, a miniature would cost like a nickel. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I may need to see if I can find somewhere in this cramped, cramped place to, to put a 3D printer. Yeah, that's uh, that's the big yeah. thing is this space. Which that's amazing. The one I got is really big. Uh, there are smaller options. I just went with that one because I knew someone who had that one. So I was like, okay, with trying to learn it and everything, I don't want to get one that I don't know um, anything about. And then I don't really have any help anywhere else, which I mean, even still, I I've had to do most of the, the learning on my own. Um, but it's pretty cool. I mean, like I I'm now, I mean, it's, it's very basic, but I'm actually now learning how to manipulate them. So for instance, um, a lot of times, you know, prints will fail. So I will take and um, I'll, I'll print and then like it'll get toward the top and say, for instance, the head of the miniature didn't print quite right. Well, I, I now have learned how to go in um, into it's called mesh mixer and I can just chop the head off of the miniature, make a file of just the head. And now I can just print the head and glue it on top of the body. So it's not as much time wasted. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, honey, the refrigerator's got to go. We need the space. <laughs> well, I like I said, there, there's some smaller ones uh, I can kind of, well, I, actually, just because if anyone else is interested, I'll tell you. Um, there's the CR-10 Mini, which even still is not, it's a bit of a lie. Um, it's still a pretty good size printer. That's the one I was considering going with. But then I, when this one went down i was like oh well i guess i'll i'll go ahead and get that one then and then i got it and i was like oh my god this thing is huge uh so the cr10 mini is a, is a little bit smaller but still pretty big uh and then smaller than that is the ender 3 which is what a lot of people like the from the best i can tell i don't have one but the best i can tell the cr10 is kind of like a mustang whereas the uh ender 3 is like a honda so this, you know, the, the CR-10, you get it and it's mostly going to work right out of the box the way that you want it to. Um, and, you know, you're, you're pretty good, but you still, you know, there are still mod modifications that can be made and some that you really should make. Whereas like the Ender 3, you get that thing just to, to tune it up, you know, just to mod the crap out of it um seems like a lot of the people that like the ender 3 like it more for the hobby of 3d printing rather than you know someone like me who uses the 3d printing to support another hobby cool well you definitely uh, uh i may win on the cool board game side the cool tabletop game side but uh you win on the creativity side this time <laughs> just wait though just wait though we're gonna get greater good and echoes my my Previous works uh, republished soon through a new publisher. So I will be nice. the winner of the creative side for rehashing my old stuff. <laughs> Crap, I that Dang it. 
It doesn't matter. You still wrote something. <laughs> you you milk yeah. it as much as possible, my friend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I guess that is the other new thing that came out. Um, uh, 10,000 Dawn's Poor Man's Iliad, which is an anthology put out as part of the 10,000 Dawn sci-fi universe uh, started by Jim Wilder, uh, James Wilder. Uh, that book finally came out, and it actually has two of my stories in it. Very so, cool. There you go. That's new. Yeah. A lot of things happen when we don't get a chance to talk for, you know, months. Yeah, I know. Well, on air. We've we've been texting back True. and forth, but not uh, not on air. This is when we get to really just have our longer conversations and everybody else can join if they want to. It's like we're sitting around like a little little table in a coffee shop sipping our little <laughs> drinks and and talking to each other with little bits of uh, cupcakes or something flaking out of our mouths. I don't know. What are they be eating coffee shops? Because I don't go to coffee shops because I don't drink coffee. But you know what I'm saying. You know. Let's be honest. We're, then, we're more like the old men playing chess in the park. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's, probably true. that's probably true. It actually reminds me of one of my first podcasts that I ever uh, recorded. I want to say it may even have been before Chrono Radio or pretty soon. Uh, or no, I guess it was right around when Chrono Radio launched. was sitting around with uh, Chris Handel and a couple of other guys. Um, around a dinner table at a Dragon Con one year, and that was recorded and became an episode of, I think it was Digital Llama Radio. It may have been Chrono Radio. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, yeah, there is precedent for recording a podcast with the concept of just sitting around and eating. But we will try. We, you know, we're not eating in your ears, so you've got the the feel of the old men in the park. We're sitting around a table without <laughs> the at least until now. Right. Right. All right, so 20 minutes in. Now we can actually start talking about some games. That was only 20 minutes? Yeah. Sweet. Uh, EA cancels open world Star Wars game. <laughs> really? Uh, good I job, just, EA. Good uh, job. Um, now, remember, though, this is like the, the, the second iteration leading to a third or so they say, right? There, or, or at least the rumors would say. So this was theoretically when when Visceral Games shut down, which I only recently realized, I think, was on my birthday a couple of years ago, which just sucks. Uh, when Visceral Games was shut down, that took with it that Star Wars game that they were putting together. It was supposed to be more of a story-driven experience but not necessarily an open world story driven yeah, experience. Yeah, it was it was basically 1313. <laughs> like in the spirit of 1313 absolutely. Right. So then that was dumped. And the idea was that well we're going to pick up the pieces, but we're getting away from this whole single player thing. We're going to do this mm-hmm. sort of open world thing with it and so on. And now that's what's dying. The ragtag. That's that's what's on sort of the, the the next iteration of ragtag, which I guess is what call what Orca at one point. And this version of it is also now canceled uh, under EA Vancouver. And what they're saying is that, well, one we're very excited for, you know, Jedi Fallen. Was it Jedi Fallen Alliance? Jedi Fallen, or yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. I want to say Fallen Alliance. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn, which we've heard almost nothing about, but. Uh, also, there's rumor that the team or the assets or something about this open world game will find its way into being like a smaller project of some kind. At least so the rumor goes. A mobile so, game. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. yes, it'll be a mobile game. That, that'll be what it'll wind up being. It, it's 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 almost it's almost faded. It's going to be a mobile right. game with a whole lot of microtransactions. People are going to get pissed. They're going to strip the microtransactions and come back with crap. Um no, I'm sorry. That was that was something they did with with Battlefront Two. Um, <laughs> the no, we'll get to Battlefront Two, but they um, yeah. So it's it's the idea that it's like the the spirit of it isn't dying per se. It's just slowly being crushed, right? Slowly being transformed from something that was people were really excited about to something that people were kind of like, yeah, okay, at least it's something. And now it's like, I guess that's something. Uh, it's just. I don't know. There, there's a lot, there's been a big push in the community about this idea that ever since Battlefront One and Battlefront Two and the controversy surrounding them, that EA should not have the license for Star Wars games, especially not an exclusive license. And they're not doing themselves a whole lot of favors with things like this. Mm-hmm. Though we don't obviously don't know all the financial decisions behind it, the technical decisions behind it. Maybe there are valid technical and financial reasons that that kind of game just wasn't viable, so they had to move on to something else. But 
without an official statement saying something to that effect, all we hear is, yep, another Star Wars project got axed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, and and there's quite a bit more to it than that. I mean, you know, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where it's just... it's crazy to me the games that do get out and you have something that you could I mean I feel like that you could just completely phone it in and still make a Star Wars game that would be better than you know a quarter of what's what gets put out you know like it's the the con you know there's so much that's still that's already there like it, the world is very rich. All you have to do is just grab the pieces and and throw them down. I find it interesting that they say, uh, or at least it's being reported. It's all all through Kotaku in this case, um, being reported that it was only very early in development, which would make sense, right? When they move from from the visceral project to this, it hadn't been that long since it occurred. That. You know, at least in that sense, it's not something that was super far along that's been canceled. Um, I mean, that, that sort of was the tragedy of what happened with Visceral, but not so much with this. So I don't know what kind of pieces they necessarily would have had. But you would think, you know, with Star Wars, yeah, you could make – take just about any genre of game type and graft it onto Star Wars – and you can get a hit unless it's like Yoda stories or something, right? So you can basically do, you know, what Star Wars as a shooter. You can do Star Wars as an adventure game. You can do Star Wars as a racing game. You can do Star Wars as a connect game and sell an exclusive console with it mm-hmm. uh, and dance and everything. But I don't know. It's like they just keep – I don't know what's holding them back. Like is this a – oh, well, there's not an audience for this because surely people would buy it because it's aside from Battlefront. And Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, we really haven't got much other than mobile games. But, I don't know, just maybe it's just a... It, it's, there's, there's something keeping them from pursuing these projects. And it's, it's frustrating, you know, given, it, given how much shovelware comes out right. from various companies. And given the flawed products that we have seen, at times, from publishers, or from EA, the, the studios under EA... You would think that they'd be willing to take a shot on what is basically a guaranteed moneymaker franchise. Right. Unless they are so burnt on the Battlefront 2 controversy and the reaction to Battlefront 1 without the story and all that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks, John Boyega. Uh, <laughs> that they right. are just absolutely gun shy, blaster shy. Mm-hmm. But surely not. I mean, surely not a company this large. They're not going to let <laughs> – they're generally not going to be swayed by the opinions of the fans anyway. But surely... <laughs> They haven't been so far. Yeah, surely that type of reaction isn't enough to say, well, unless it's perfect, we're not going to do it. So I'd right. really be interested in the actual inner workings of why it's canceled and why shipped it to something else. Because it's either it's coming across as this was the project, it is canceled, but it's possible that something about it will carry on within this other possible project. Um, which is is different than saying... Well, we are retooling this into a smaller project. Right. So, and that's that's a subtle distinction, but one of them has like a finality and a negativity to it, and the other one has a if you're willing to keep an open mind and say, well, let's see, let's wait and see what happens, then it has at least a little bit more of a, if not a a positive connotation, at least a little bit of room for optimism. So you're so you're saying that what they've said has room for optimism, or no? No, I mean, well, that's the thing; they're not really out saying specifics like they haven't actually made a full announcement of some kind I mean, it's all reportage via people working with the companies uh and rumors and trying to confirm rumors and what all we've got from ea is uh there's been speculation overnight about one of our star wars projects as a natural part of the creative process the great work by our team in vancouver continues and will evolve into future star wars content and games which is where the suggestion is that something else is coming we're fully committed to making more star wars games we're very excited about star wars jedi fallen order from respawn which has nothing to do with this. And we'll mm-hmm. share more about our new projects when the time is right. But that's all they've said. Right. So that's not an explanation of what is happening with it. It's not even a confirmation, really, that it's dead, except for the fact that they're saying, you know, there'll be a vol- evolution and, you know, somehow this stuff showing up in future content and games. If they would just give 
It's like with what it's like what happened with Battlefront 2. Um just come out, do the Mia Copa, just explain what's happening. Give us the facts. Let yeah. it fall where it may, but tell us what's going on so it's not all speculation. Because what's happening is it's that's where that that's where it is. They're they're saying that the work may evolve into future content, et cetera, et cetera, which gives possible room for optimism. But all of the rumors out there that people are running down and trying to confirm and all this kind of stuff through these insiders and people who are working on it is, well, it's dead. Yeah. Well, and, assets and because... may show up in something else. And that's a different, that's, so what we're hearing is negative, mm-hmm. but what we're hearing may not even be accurate because we're not being told anything right. in detail from EA. But but here's my here's my take on it. I think that the I think they're just trying to soften the blow. I I think EA is trying to announce in an official capacity without fully having to admit that yeah we tanked another game. I I honestly think that's what's going on. Um, They're basically saying you've got cancer, but oh, wait, I just saved $15 on my car insurance. (laughs) Sort of. You know, you have cancer, you know, you have um, um, an incurable cancer. But, you know, I mean, technology, the way it's moving, we might be able to cure it at some point down the line. And it's like. Nah, see, that gives hope for the original still being around. This is this seems more like it's uh you know you've got cancer, but interestingly the odd cell growth that's happening has actually caused that uh, heart defect with the little hole in your heart to actually grow closed, so your circulation is better than ever. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just... Here's a positive thing, but it's coming from this bigger negative thing. Right. Um, it seems like what they're trying to to do, and I get maybe they are trying to soften the blow. It's certainly. It, it, EA would certainly not be one to shy away from trying to spin bad news mm-hmm. and to try to to keep things close to the vest necessarily. Right. But I don't know. It's just one of those things where where has that gotten them really in the past? I don't know. I mean, if they're being voted this terrible company, it's just when does your approach need to to change? I but I'm always someone who's all, you know, big on the idea of transparency within that sort of thing. So maybe I'm just that that's the idealist in me cringing at a lack of an explanation. Right, right. Well, and and I even, you know, I'm the kind of person who, you know, like I, I get transparency, but I also understand how sometimes you, you've you got to uh, keep things close to the vest. Sometimes you've got to kind of tell a lie about something, you know, like uh, – you can't just drop everything at every time there, there's certain uh times when it's just it's much more beneficial to uh you know say nothing or or say something that's not entirely true um in an in interest of putting out uh, you know a better product and allowing uh people to to wait and, and see and, and get their thing up <laughs> this is not one of those wow. times <laughs> So, so you just you just hit me. One of my favorite quotes that I use from time to time is uh, from Lucas Wallacek on Sequest, which was the easiest way to lie is to tell the truth except the parts that really matter. <laughs> but today, I uh, recently, I've finally gotten back into watching 12 Monkeys, the TV series, which I love because it's so intricate in its time travel stuff. Uh-huh. And one of the lines just I heard earlier today was the line of, I cannot lie, so I only told you half the truth. Right, right. And, that's, and I guess that's kind of the thing. We feel like there's deception I mean, even if what they're saying is entirely accurate, it just feels like there's more to it that we should know. Right. Or it's all rampant speculation. Um, but which, which is basically all that we can do when we don't have that kind of information. That yeah. said... But I, I, and also, are, I don't think it's like spe- speculation as much as just like, okay, I, I, I got you. I got you. Say no more. The lines yeah. More. So what I, would you say then to the fact that here they are, you know, they make the comment about, we're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Okay, we would be too. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna show us anything? Are you gonna promote it? Um, I mean, I get that maybe they're waiting for one of the big conventions to come before they actually start pushing anything, but I would have expected to see a little bit more from Jedi Fallen Order by now, and yet it seems as though there it's it's almost a dead silence on the project. It's concerning. It's it's definitely concerning, and the the fact t- to me. The, all that is saying is it's that's uh him going 
we do have a Star Wars game coming. Like this wasn't the only one. So don't so don't be upset that there's no more Star Wars games. We've got one coming. Maybe depending on what's going on back there, but as far as you know, there's one coming. What they haven't told you is Jedi Fallen Order is actually a port of a mobile game that'll be released a few months earlier. <laughs> oh, so anyhow. Now, there is... Um, now, as far as uh, talking about speculating and uh, rumor and stuff, you can uh, go and check this article out. Uh, it's just on uh, Den of Geek. Star Wars EA reportedly unhappy with game license. So, again, wait, this wait. is... EA is not happy with the license or Lucasfilm that, that made them the license, well, just Lucasfilm slash Disney that made them the licensee is not happy with how they're handling the license. Yeah, so that's that was the question when I clicked. I'm like, huh, that was the same question I had. Uh, Who's not happy? Technically, neither. Uh, neither is not happy or neither is happy? Um the person who's not happy isn't necessarily EA, but the CEO, Andrew Wilson. So In what way? it's basically the, the, um, the little uh, parentheses here is that he was, uh, basically never entirely thrilled with a 10 year licensing deal from the beginning. Now he came in, let's see. Um, he came in in April um, of the same year that let's see, uh, this is the end of the year. So okay, never. I'm sorry. So Disney made the deal with EA in April of 2013. Wilson came in in September and was like, "Oh, cool, I'm here. What the crap is this? Stupid Star Wars." Interesting. So either not a fan or wants to focus on other IP. Uh, that's an interesting decision. Right. I would think that it would be a, a ooh, a 10-year license to print money as long as we don't make crap. In fact, we can make kind of crap, and it's still a license to print money, just not as much. Right. Well, it that's seems like... interesting. No. Unless, it's, unless he's concerned about the fact that, I mean, DICE was working... I mean, DICE has been working heavily on Battlefront or was working heavily on Battlefront. So maybe it's just they don't want their top studios to be tied up in games that need to be pushed out as part of this deal as opposed to being able to actively assign them to projects that this guy wants to do or that that you know that anybody in the company would want to do without having a license hanging over their heads. So now what they said now this was um they're saying as noted by Kotaku uh, the Wilson era has seen EA largely move away from third-party license um, in order to focus on their own franchises, such as Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Battlefield, Titanfall, and Anthem. So it does make sense that they would essentially say, "Let's let's take our own franchises, you know, our, our own brands, and let's work on that rather than basically making other people rich." Interesting. May I say, mm -hmm. EA? That if you would like to renegotiate that somehow so that maybe you can still make Star Wars games, but you're not the exclusive licensee, that fans and gamers would absolutely support you in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For the love of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Um, and, I mean, it's unfortunate because, like I said, so this is a 10-year deal, which means we're halfway through this. <laughs> So if if it's going to continue like this, it's going to be another five years of like, eh, here's your obligatory game. Yep. But that said, it's the, eh, here's your obligatory AAA game. I mean, I guess that is one thing to say about what EA has done with the license, which is that when they've put something out, it's been Battlefront or Battlefront 2, and both of those regardless of the flaws that they have, those are essentially gigantic big name, big resource, flashy kind of games. Uh, as opposed to, you know, if it was a smaller studio, you know, would we prefer a smaller studio or them putting out more if the games, though, that they were putting out were more along the lines of the size, scale, quality level, etc., as we would think of as many um, indie games. There are some great indie games out there, but typically from a size, scope, and resource angle, they don't have the kind of money to throw at uh, that EA does for something like a big AAA title. So, 
I mean, would that have been preferred, or be, or would we be just sitting back griping, saying, "Where are the AAA Star Wars games?" No, I would, I would, I'd prefer. I'll take the content any day over basically, which I mean, my thing is, I mean, you might that might as well just be a stamp, you know? That's like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of some someone who's like was it like Burger King where they're like, Oh, this is our Angus burger or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's still freaking Burger King though. Um, like I don't, I don't care what kind of beef you claim it to be, you know, like I, I, I don't care. And, and you don't care about the, you don't care about the money aspect and the level and the fanciness. You care about the, the content of games. basically. Right. right. And, but, okay. So, so, so I'll, I'll throw this at you then because mm-hmm. certainly that must have a line because you could also take that quality and money level down even more and instead have hundreds of mobile games. Are we saying that it needs to be console games? It needs to be games that are fun. And, and the thing is too, if there's hundreds of mobile games, well, maybe some of them are good because I will say, um, it, you know, as much as we, we joke about the mobile games and stuff, I actually have been uh, wanting to, to do an episode on this because I've, I've been playing it consistently. The uh, Galaxy of Heroes game is actually pretty good. Very it, nice. And I will say, speaking mm-hmm. of mobile games, it's only kind of a mobile game, I guess. It's played on a mobile device technically. Um, Jedi Challenges, which didn't get a lot of traction. It's now basically half price everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we can talk about it a little bit later just briefly as far as what else is out. But uh, they've put out a content expansion for it and another lightsaber controller and added modes and such to it. Um, and that, for what it is, has been one of the most fun non-console Star Wars gaming experiences that I've ever had. And it's yeah. technically a mobile game. It just has those peripherals and stuff to actually make it uh, into something more. So there's definitely room for expansion into other game types and game styles other than it always having to be the big AAA games. But yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. It's just it's bizarre to me to hear someone complaining about you know having such a license. But that said, I mean this is somebody who is coming in once the license is already in place too. Even mm-hmm. if you think that you would have made the same decision, there's something to be said for being able to be the one to actually make it instead of having it still stuck whenever you come in um, and take over too. Yeah, I suppose. I mean it's it's just it's one of those things where you know it, and again, this is speculation. This is or, or you know, this is what's reported. This isn't anything official. Um because let's see, I actually scroll back up just a little bit here, where it says that. Um, well, if I can find it, uh, so it says that um, EA is well, uh, well, it's a former employee. So, so the source. Um, it's actually one of Kotaku's uh, sources that's actually said this, um, and they are a um, they are basically uh, they work for EA, and that apparently they also have former EA employees that have have been reporting this. So, you know, sounds pretty good. But uh, on the flip side, the publisher uh, EA basically actually responded to this and said that it's pure speculation and not accurate. So, mm. Mm, I don't know. I mean, if if Kotaku, who who typically is pretty good for uh, reporting this stuff, you know, if, if they've got these sources who are saying that, oh, no, this guy, he, he never uh, wanted anything, you know, he never wanted this license to begin with, and they're hearing that from multiple people, it's kind of I'll say this I I think it's probably true and and especially with what we've seen I think it's probably true you know it's take it as you will decide on you know if you think it's accurate or not but point being you know we just we haven't gotten much content from it and if the guy isn't super happy with it then okay it's still you know it's still your job (laughs) to make the best of the situation. And that's the frustrating thing. Unconfirmed speculation. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Pound fake news. Am I right? (laughs) They do say say pound still, right? Is is that, 
Is that what you're supposed to say? Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. We'll go with pound. <laughs> Tic-tac-toe fake news. Um, <laughs> so speaking of EA, uh, one of the things that uh, has still continued to roll out, as promised, is free expansion content for Battlefront 2. So um, to their credit, uh, after everything that happened with Battlefront 1 and the expansions versus content and and was it worth it or not, they had the big idea of we're going to have a completely different model, have these seasons of free rolled out content, but we're going to essentially build some form of microtransactions in. Blew up in their face at first, they retooled it, now it's back uh, in a different uh a form in a very in a, essentially a cosmetic form as opposed to being a form that actually affects gameplay which ironically i actually almost wanted game-based crystals recently so so we'll get into that i guess um but yes we have updates for battlefront 2 so battlefront 2 has expanded to include things like being able to play galactic assault on geonosis we have the addition finally of the long-awaited and in one case long known uh, General Grievous and Obi-Wan Kenobi, who are also having various new appearances added over time here. Uh, we have a hero uh, ship-based mode now, which is great to be able to actually uh, play those more often. Uh, we have Count Dooku, who's coming up. We've got Anakin Skywalker coming up. There's uh, a new game mode coming up. We have capital ships being added into the game. We have more clone trooper appearances coming. So despite the fact that the game has been around for over a year now. Uh, the game is still putting out new content. Um, my thought process behind this was, you know what, I'm not going to mess around with Battlefront 2 anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm just, I've, I've got other stuff I'm trying to play. So I wasn't going to play it. I was going to just delete it from the hard drive. And for some reason, I just left it sitting on there because I just, I just didn't need the space. Playing Spider-Man or just didn't need the space. And it got to a point where I was like, you know what? We're going to be doing more episodes soon of Cloud City Casino. I better probably get on there and try this stuff out and uh, go in there. I mean, hey, it's Grievous and Obi-Wan. It's new characters. This will be sweet. So I jump on it, and as an aside, this is when my PS4 optical drive died. Uh, so I, I had a PS4, which I sold off and replaced with a PS4 Pro to enhance the experience of PlayStation VR, which it has done. That PS4 Pro, in less than a year, had its disk drive, the optical drive, die. Had to be sent off for repairs right before Battlefront 2 came out. As it was being sent off, I had just gotten paid for having extra students, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get another PS4 Pro to make sure I have one when Battlefront 2 comes out so I can cover it. And that way we'll have sort of a backup. We'll be able to game in the other room. I could absorb that right now because only because of this extra pay that just came in. And... We got that PS4 Pro set up in our bedroom. The one that was repaired came back, seems to work fine, um, but was in the other room. And sure enough, six weeks out of warranty so that I'd have to pay 170 bucks to get it fixed. Sure enough, that second PS4 Pro's optical drive died in exactly the same way. So that one got to be sent off to be repaired. So now we have the two of them sitting here. Uh, one in use, the other one just literally sitting there as a backup, but now the one that was a backup is now the primary one. Um, but I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm thinking I may be getting away from physical games entirely. Right. And except for maybe on the Switch where I've been playing a lot of uh, uh, Smash Brothers Brawl, all of a sudden, all of a sudden I like, I never liked Smash Brothers before. Um, and that sort of thing, Starlink, which I've been having a lot of fun with, uh, even with the toys. But... I don't know. Those, the fact that the optical drives, I guess, were not the biggest concern in terms of quality parts is frustrating. And because Battlefront 2 for me is on a disc and I don't want to rebuy it and it's freaking enormous on the hard drive, I finally made the decision, you know what, now that the it's back and then I had to switch the two systems, I'm just not going to install it again. But what was the, the final nail in the coffin of that that had me still sitting there saying, you know what? I don't know, I may just go ahead and reinstall it here because I still want to try it a little bit. I want Obi-Wan, I want Grievous, was the way they handled Obi-Wan and Grievous, which opens this door to, to a question I have for you, which is what are they trying to do? Because I would expect that there are three different types of players possible for Battlefront 2 right now. Mm -hmm. You got the people who are still playing it, people who are just so hardcore in Battlefront 2, it doesn't matter what new content they add. 
they're still going to keep playing, at least for the foreseeable future. People who are the diehard Battlefront 2 people. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I loved the campaign. I had a lot of fun with the multiplayer. So this is a game I really got my money out of, uh, my money's worth out of, but not enough so that I would still probably be playing at this point. Okay, so other option, maybe they're trying to entice brand new players who've never touched the game before at all to jump in with this new content that may intrigue them because now we're getting characters and such from different eras and whatnot. I mean, it's already different eras, but heroes and such uh, from these different eras uh, to sort of give us a little bit more diversity, etc. Okay, but then there's also the third group, which is what I would fall into, the lapsed players, people who played and then kind of gave up on it who theoretically might be able to be enticed back, which is what I thought I was going to be. Then I got on the game thinking, this is sweet. I'll jump in. I need to get a chance to play as Grievous and Obi-Wan. I want to see how they play. This will be fun, and then we can talk about it on the show. Oh, you want either of the new characters that are the primary selling point we keep talking about to get people to come back to the game or play this new set of modes, this new content we're adding? 30,000 credits each. Have fun grinding to get either of them to play with them at all. Now, if I'm someone who's new, it's just part of normal progression, perhaps. If I'm someone who's old, maybe I've played so darn much that I've got so many credits built up that it doesn't matter, I'd still, you know, be able to unlock them. But if you're trying to bring back people like me, people who were lapsed, and this new content might be what spurs us to jump back in, as was the case with, say, the, the Last Jedi content for early people who stepped away, then having the two things that you are promoting the most as part of this game update, locked behind a grinding wall for people who wouldn't be wanting to grind because they weren't interested in continuing playing anyway, seems to me to have been kind of a dumb decision. It was the only time I can think of with this game where I actually was looking to see if there was a crystal price I could pay to just buy the friggin' crystals and buy the friggin' characters so I could actually play what they've been pushing as the new content. And of course, because of the revamp, you actually can't do that now. So for <laughs> once, I'm actually finding myself frustrated by the revamp. Um, but that was sort of the nail in the coffin for me. Mm. If you're going to keep adding new stuff, and you're going to add Dooku and Anakin here in the next couple of months. So I need to grind out another, what, 30000 each for them in credits? I don't have that kind of time. Right. I guess I'm not the target audience. But I had thought that maybe part of the target audience was the people who had lapsed and you're trying to get them to come back. And maybe it's just that I'm in another subgroup of that who just doesn't have the time, you know, the new parent and that sort of thing. And so maybe I'm not even in that group anymore. But I thought that was me and that I was going to maybe get drawn back in and be happy that I didn't already delete the thing. But grinding for the primary reasons to jump back in seems like it was a dumb decision. So I'm wondering to you, do you think that made sense? Do you like the idea of the new content they've got out here? What do you think of the fact that they're continuing? But in particular, who do you think was the target for this? Is it the never played? Is it the still playing? Or is it the lapsed players that they were trying to aim this at? If they were aiming it at anyone in particular. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know that they were aiming it at anyone in particular. Uh, I mean, if, if anything, maybe like the hardcore base. That's the only thing I could think of. So more of a, you've stuck with us, so since we promised this content, we're going to keep it rolling. Because they had promised, what, a year's content, and we're past that point now. Right. Right? So to be able to say, okay, well, since you have been so loyal, we're going to continue pumping out this content here. Um, okay, so in that case, then, I guess it, it adds a side question, which would be making this stuff cost money. Some of it may have already been in the game, but some of it not. Um, which begs the question of, do we think that they're actually getting enough money out of the crystals and the microtransactions on cosmetic stuff now that they're able to fund these new updates, or are they operating in the red each time they do these types of updates to the game? Are they losing money on each update to keep that fan base happy, or are they actually profitable enough to, to fund this stuff? Um, then again, I'm sitting here going, well, I was about to buy crystals to buy freaking Grievous and Obi-Wan. So maybe the impulse is still there for some. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea, brother. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I, It's something to me where I'm just like, no, I, I have no, you know, it, it's, it sounds like more of a headache than I'm willing to put in. 
So where are you on Battlefront 2? Like for me, it's there are reasons why I don't it's, it's the grinding plus just the space considerations and the disc thing that have me saying, you know what, I'll follow it and follow the news about it and be interested by that and the evolution of the game as it continues, but I won't be playing. That's my rationale and where I stand on it. So where are you now on Battlefront 2? Are you still playing? Do you plan to still play? Um, do you follow the updates? Do you care? I mean, you got an earful from me. What yeah, about you? People, at, people got two ears. They need the other earful from you. No, I hear you. At, at this point, I, I'm to where I'm like, you know what? I really enjoyed um, that earlier content, but I'm kind of past... The, you know, at this point, I'm I'm I've lost my interest in the game really, um, especially like I said, playing to try to grind this stuff out and everything. Not as interested in. I, I'm really just sort of like, okay, I'm I'm ready for that next thing, which is as we talked about earlier, kind of a problem. Okay. Well, just just was curious about your particular position on this thing. So we'll continue covering it. It's just one of those things that neither of us is actively playing. But you know that doesn't necessarily you know make it a new thing. Sometimes we talk about things that it's more news than stuff that we're playing. Right. Um, all right. So uh, we can get into Jedi challenges real quick uh, as uh -huh. far as game updates before we move into more like tabletopy stuff. Okay. <laughs> tabletopy stuff. Yes, because that sounds professional. Um, I will say that the Jedi challenges update i was impressed because it's a free update and the bulk of the game has you playing against the regular game that is um if, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about the a it's an ar game you put on the mirage headset as it's called that it comes with you put your phone inside it as long as it's of certain models um newer models work better smaller models up to a certain point uh can have trouble but i think it's 4.7 inches is sort of a a decent size for the screen um, but basically it presents uh, a, sort of a almost a holographic look to a game in front of you uh, over top of the real world. And uh, you have a lightsaber as your controller. Your primary game modes are a form of lightsaber dueling, hollow chess, and a sort of a almost an RTS type of scenario builder. And the lightsaber duels are you as a Jedi versus enemies who are Darksiders. So we're talking Darth Vader, Darth Maul, Seventh Sister, Inquisitor, and so on. Well, the new update is the Dark Side update, the Dark Side expansion, which is free, just as the app itself is free, though uh, before you could only use it with the headset. Um, they have now added a Dejaric version that you can actually play on the phone without needing a headset. Um, That's cool. I like somewhat that. limited. Um, but at least it's there, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, add something onto it. That's pretty cool. But the dark side gives you new progression for new abilities, playing as a dark side character, and when you go into the lightsaber duels, you're fighting against old Last Jedi Luke, uh, the like the vision version of him, the projection version of him, or Yoda, which is a very different size comparison, or Rey. And to go along with this, they released a limited edition... Uh, new lightsaber controller that is a really nice replica based around Kylo Ren's saber from the most recent films. That's cool. And it, I mean, it, it's pretty cool because you put it up and what it's doing is it's tracking your location based on little gold, a little colored, you know, a plastic piece, kind of like a mm -hmm. PlayStation move controller. So it knows what angle you're holding it at and that sort of thing. Well, in this case, of course, with it being Kylo's, instead of it just being the blade coming out the top, it's got the little exhaust blades coming out the sides, too, uh, which is just an awesome feel and the sound of it rumbling. Great, great stuff. Um, it's been really fun. And that's all free new content, except for if you want to get that new saber. Um, but it's another game that they're still supporting, but I don't know how much longer it has. I mean, I can't imagine it getting much more content because at this point, the base unit that you need to play the game is already down to 100 bucks. Although part of that could be the fact that they have also added a dueling mode, you against another person, except you need two headsets and two lightsaber controllers to do it. So yeah. maybe the idea was, you know, if the price is cut in half most places, those who might have been willing to spend $200 before might still be, be willing to, except now they'll get two sets of gear as separate packages so that you'd have two different people able to play with each other. But I was impressed by the expansion. I was glad that I wound up picking up the 
the Kylo Ren saber and uh, finally got back into Jedi challenges after a while. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was start with that, that you were going to say that uh, the, the, the new included lightsaber is just the same old lightsaber, but broken in half. Uh, no, 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 there was no force tug of war or anything like that. Uh, No one cut my hand off and I lost it for decades or anything like that. No. And then Uh, I just uh, giving you a chance to play as the dark side. And I bet old Luke is really easy. He just gives up right away. (laughs) See you around kid. Uh, (laughs) No, no, no. I just meant like, you know, and he just, well, it's interesting because you're fighting Yoda, you're fighting Uh Luke and you're fighting Ray in that order of increasing difficulty. So Ray is the ultimate opponent for the dark side character, which makes sense with it being that you're basically playing as Kylo using a Sith holocron instead of a Jedi holocron. Um, but it's interesting, that, you know, you know, look how far we've come that when it comes to ultimate Jedi combat tests, Yoda's the bottom, then it's Luke, then it's Ray. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that seems kind of dumb to me, but that's. I think it's, it's not a big it's, deal. Maybe it's just because of the way that the they at least try to give you a little bit of an an emotional kick with with some of the dialogue choices they have for the characters. So maybe it really is supposed to be the fact that you know she is sort of his bane, and they're not not the the Gotham is yours. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, maybe he's wondering why you would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. Uh, uh, but. But no, just the um, (laughs) the emotional side of it being that that's sort of like his greatest challenge. Like Yoda to him. Probably didn't mean much, but Luke certainly did. And then on top of it, Ray as the final betrayal, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, um, it was good. It was fun. So if you have Jedi challenges, there's new content out there if you haven't picked it up in a while. And if you've wanted to pick it up, if you don't care about the Kylo Ren saber, um, which I forget the exact cost of it. I want to say it was about 100 or maybe a little bit less. Um, but if you don't care about the Kylo Ren saber and you just want to play with the regular saber in the regular game, you can still play the dark side expansion with the regular lightsaber and just change the blade color. Then uh, you can go out and get Jedi challenges now for half price of what it was. Just make sure to check their website to make sure that your phone is natively supported because you don't want to deal with the crap of not being natively supported, as we talked about in our episode that was a lot about Jedi challenges ages right. ago. Right. Okay, so we've got uh, quite a bit of uh, content and we're really only just getting started but uh i think we knocked out most of if not all of the the video gaming news so i think what we're going to do is just go ahead wrap up here and then we will uh pick up here shortly uh, like a week tops tops nate said i shouldn't say it but i'm, I'm going ahead I'm, I'm i'm making that promise um that we'll we'll be back and we'll do sort of like a part two of uh, all this, all the going ons, table toppy stuff. Yeah, as I coined table toppy. So, not like doilies and things, but you know, like games you play on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and the flowers are still standing. <laughs> so, all right, we'll go ahead. We're gonna kill it. Um, of course, you can send us any emails. Uh, cloudcitycasino at gmail.com we've got uh, some of those loaded up that we're going to be uh we're going to be reading next time we were going to hit it tonight but didn't get on or didn't get it out in time uh so next uh next episode we'll be doing that if you can get it in uh beforehand then uh we'll 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 add that to the next episode if not it'll be the episode afterwards uh you can also reach out to us on twitter facebook cloud city casino there uh, I'm on Twitter at Morris Isley, and Nate is at an array of places that he can tell you about now. Sure. Uh, you can find my book, A Saga on Home Video, a fan's guide to U.S. Star Wars home video releases over on Amazon. You can find my YouTube channel, which includes videos on a bunch of the stuff we'll talk about next time, like some of the new Legion stuff and X-Wing 2.0 stuff over at YouTube.com slash Chrono Radio. And, of course, I can also be heard on Star Wars Beyond the Films with Mark Herleman over at StarWarsReport.com, just like where you would have found Cloud City Casino. So, uh, yeah, that's those are the biggies. And, uh, and, and you'll find me for real mostly at home with the baby which is which is again both awesome and drives me stir crazy sometimes as you probably have noticed by the fact that i'm getting to interact with an actual adult in this episode and just could not chill (laughs) (laughs) i had no chill this episode it's okay though 
it's cool it's all cool uh i hear that if you add netflix to chill it turns out fine mm, i think that's how you get the baby oh yeah <laughs> so I, I gotta ask real quick has uh you're talking about you know doing stuff with mark has he uh explained growing up herleman to you growing up herleman yeah no, I, I will have to ask him about that unless it's stuff that I've heard of and just have never heard it under that name. Ask him next time you're on with him, say, hey, what's this What's this growing up Herleman? And, and have him explain it to you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I will ask. So we will be back with you real, real soon, scoundrels. But until then. Let the Wookiee win. for 10 years that he can milk money out of. <laughs> right? How does that... How do, oh, my God. The easy button, really? We press the easy button? God, I hate this company. What are all these green pieces of paper shooting out of this machine? <laughs> Somebody grab the recycler. It's cluttering up the place. Right. Ugh. I'm so tired of Ben Franklin everywhere. <laughs> I started using it as toilet paper, but even I couldn't keep up with it doing that, so I started blowing my nose on it, and that was too much. I tried Did to you know it's made of cotton instead of regular trees? <laughs> Who does that with paper? <laughs> okay, okay, the economics nerd just came out there. My bad. <laughs> uh, this party's over.